from the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in Cyberspace, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings everyone, it's your host Ryan Trimble, feeling very springy and seeing signs of life all over my backyard. A man who is always showing signs of life is joining me once again today, he of course, Sean Williams. Sean, good day sir. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Got my lawn looking good. Feeling the blue bonnets are, are springing. It is a big day. I hear that uh, that the photos with kids may be happening in the near future. Trimble household in a field of blue bonnet. Trying to to avoid that if I can. I'm I'm trying to book myself on blue bonnet photo day. I wish you luck. Something else. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish you luck on your photo. And I would hope to get one once printed. Yes, yes of course. Of course. You can never have too many pictures of the Trimble kids. So. You know, I, I think, it, you know, it's a, it's a good time. More people that I know are getting vaccinated. People are feeling better. People are, are being safe, I do believe, still and careful. But it does, it's, it's, it's a different feeling. You know, it, it feels different in a, in a good way. Yeah, I, I keep seeing people, you know, with their posts, like taking pictures of themselves in the car, got the sticker, you know, as, as if they voted, you know, got my COVID vaccine, shed a tear. This is great. Uh, you know, feeling like uh, I have a, a, you know, a new shot at life. <laughs> you know, it's it's a really amazing experience that I've seen. I've talked to some people who, you know, definitely have had an emotional experience people who you know told me they cried i mean I, I i did not shed a tear however i do remember an an immense feeling of relief when i got my first shot and uh last week got my second one and um just feeling good feeling good for my family i saw my dad for the first time in a year this past weekend we were in littlefield texas watching the NBA and I believe it was the Jazz and the Thunder that night when everything shut down and had not seen him since then. So, um, you know, I, I think having the opportunity to get back together with family is just, it's an amazing thing. Feeling really blessed. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're hoping to get out to see my mom here in the not too distant future. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, thanks to everybody who's continues to serve during this, uh, uh, this uh, effort to combat COVID. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. Speaking of getting your stickers and signs of life, there are um, you know, soon to be stickers, voting stickers, and there are signs popping up in yards all over town. Sean, we do have a an election coming up, May first, civic elections, city of Dallas. All the council districts are up. I believe every one of them is contested, um, except for, uh, of course, the mayor who uh, won his four-year term in 2019. So lots of activity. I'm sure people are uh, seeing these signs again. It's like once you, you you stop seeing them, and then all of a sudden they start popping up again the next spring, Sean. Yeah, in our work, we get to interact with city council members, and I, I call one person on Monday and they answered the phone like on the first ring and I thought I thought you and I said I, I thought you'd either be kissing a baby shaking a hand or at least pouring coffee for someone yeah 
and and they told me you know their schedule and and what they had going and you know with our work we do have to call our uh council members but you know they are busy they are all in campaign mode for sure yes i've talked to several of them over the past week or so uh and grateful for their time i know they are busy busy everybody's focused on the election or re-election bids and so uh good luck to to our friends out there and good luck to everybody you know good hats off to you for putting your name on the ballot we got a couple of uh, folks that we know who are not seeking re-election because they are termed out. Uh, Adam Madrano and Jennifer Staubach Gates uh, will be looking for other ways to to serve our city. Uh, had a chance to talk to both of them about that, and uh, not sure uh, what either of them will be doing. But it, it, you know, they both came into City Hall about the time that I was coming in there, um, or I had just kind of gotten there, and um, they have done a great job, both of them serving our city, so uh, definitely want to say thank you to them um, for their service, and and good luck in future endeavors. Best of luck to our friends, and uh, you know, one thing I was glad to see that the city, um, you know, uh, celebrated, everybody celebrated, was the, uh, the removal, the final uh, truckload of shingles leaving Shingle Mountain, Sean. Yeah, as you know, that is my cousin, Marsha Jackson, lives behind what was the mountain. And, you know, hats off to her and her neighbors, and especially her. They've endured that uh, for way too long. Um, I know our one of our other um, friends, Councilman, Tanel Atkins also was working with the city to to help get that done. And once the mountain was removed of shingles, it was a really neat concert that I had a chance to attend at Marsha in front of her house. And it was a truck. It's a couple that travels across the country in a, a concert truck. And it has like a little stage and they got some sound and they did a concert and there was an opera singer, they did piano, there was a violinist. Uh, so a really nice celebration. The work's not done because there still needs to be some work done on the site environmentally. And I know that the neighbors have a desire to see something done that will benefit the community on that site. So, uh, but the victory uh, of getting it moved, although it took way too long is something worth celebrating. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, you know, speaking of environmental issues and uh, tackling big challenges that are <laughs> as big of, of, as a mountain, as Shingle Mountain, and even bigger, uh, excited for our guest today, Sean, uh, the founder of EarthX, he, of course, Trammell S. Crow. We're fortunate to have one of the, really the largest celebration of environmental awareness with EarthX and Earth Day here. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to Tramless Crow because he's done amazing work, not just here locally, not just across the state, but across the nation and the world. EarthX is seen as a leader in the environment. And I want to make sure our listeners are able to share in that too, because it shouldn't be, uh, we should definitely should not neglect what's going on right here in our backyard and celebrating something that is recognized 
the world over for the work that they do. Yeah, very cool. If you would indulge me for one second, let me share a little anecdote about my first Earth Earth Day. I guess it was Earth Day Dallas, now Earth X experience, Sean. Please do. So, of course, here, and, and we'll get this out of the way. Uh, when I was with Chairman Branch, he had a booth. At Earth Check Day. my drink. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Everybody drink. Uh, and we He sponsored a booth at, at then Earth Day Dallas. And as you know, we prided ourselves on having great swag. So guess what we ordered, Sean? We had tubes of branch branches. These were <laughs> trees that you could plant. They were little tubes. They are about a foot, maybe a foot and a half long. And they had little pine trees in them that you could pop in the ground and water. And uh, I think I kept one alive for a little while and then uh, it eventually succumbed. But, yes, branch branches. were That is on brand and on target all the way. So fun times. Looking forward to. Uh, having Trammell on, uh, you know, know, known him for some time and, uh, you know, really excited to get into this interview. Well, we'll be back right after this with Trammell S. Crow from EarthX. This is Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, Deconstructing Dallas. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, very excited today to be joined by the founder of EarthX. He, of course, Trammell S. Crow. Trammell, welcome to the show. Thank you for bringing me. Now, I was telling Sean in our intro, I was sharing a story about working a booth at the first, I believe, you know, the, the, the Earth Day Dallas, when it was still Earth Day Dallas for former Representative Dan Branch during my time working for him. And you were always a, a, a friend and supporter of the representatives. So, uh, you know, I, I guess my first question is, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how a, you know, a conservative businessman came to found an environmental uh, conservation organization. Born in Dallas, grew up here, went off to work for a couple of years in college. Other than that, I've lived within a mile radius of where I am today. Uh, I'm the luckiest man in the world. To grow up in a place like Dallas after World War II with prosperity and peace. Grew up in the real estate business. You know, people my age, and you're not that far behind me, are you? Please. Uh, <laughs> we have really seen the Metroplex grow. I remember seeing a globe of a map on a, in a schoolroom when I was young that had Fort Worth on it and not Dallas. Because Fort Crazy. Worth was the, the weather station. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now we're the fourth largest uh, Metroplex uh, in America, and I think the third largest distribution center. And so we've literally seen it grow before our very eyes. I remember, in, I think it was uh, just before the uh, Kennedy Nixon election. Daddy, daddy, are we Republican? Or are we Democrat? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, neither, son. 
were conservative. He didn't mean this ultra-ideological conservative of today. Sure. So, well, by the time I graduated college, I thought, I'm a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, if you can reconcile those things. So a conservative businessman, you could also say is one who believes in conservation. Environmentalism used to be called conservationism. So there were many people in business who were very involved in conservation. Uh, so that's, I guess you'd say, how I could be brought into the, what they called environmentalism in 1960. I'm trying to talk fast. I learned the word environment when I was 12. And I somehow believed it was the most important issue of all and got heavily involved in it in the last 15 years. Before that, just kind of here and there, we decided to have EarthX and Earth Day Dallas, we called it. And that was the beginning of this incredible journey. So kind of talk to us a little bit more about EarthX and, and how you specifically uh, got going with that in the early days and, and also what you're focused on now. Well, uh, it's a good question because the answer is amazing. I thought, I, wanted, I knew I wanted to continue involving in environmental things. I'd just been involved finally in a group we called uh, Texas Business for Clean Air. And after that project, what to do next? Well, you know, April 22 is five months. Let's have an Earth Day. Didn't do research, just imagined. Since they say Earth Day as a name is the second most commonly recognized secular holiday in the entire world after New Year's Day, <laughs> I just pictured in my mind that in New York and in Berlin and Tokyo, there must be environmental groups coming together with Expo, if you will, a lot of people learning about it and celebrating and, you know, learning what the problems are and need to be done. Well, guess what? It ain't happening. But we didn't know that. So we had 200 exhibits with NGOs, environmental groups. Being in Dallas, businesses who were doing green, we didn't think twice about not having businesses and schools and, and, and government agencies showing people how to recycle in the city of Dallas and 38,000 people. After that, we learned that it was the biggest Earth Day in the world. Earth Day has kind of turned into a name ever since the 80s, and many things were accomplished in Congress with legislation. Sure. So it's really kind of coffee clashes all over America, thousands, not so much out of America, but the name is global. So from year one, we were the biggest one. Nice for a Texan. We like that. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I wanted to fast forward, you know, last year, uh, Earth EarthX was approaching and lo and behold, uh, a global pandemic hit our shores and, and uh, changed how things were going to look for EarthX. But instead of it uh, derailing everything, it, it, things really skyrocketed for you. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Well, I think that, yeah, I have learned in this 15 months or whatever has transpired since the aneurysms, that COVID's had a lot of unintended blessings. You know, the irony of life, something goes wrong one place and it benefits somewhere else. Just like in the environment, the, the dike is leaking, you put your finger in to fix an environmental problem and it pops up somewhere else. Uh, 
what happened with us was <clears throat> we canceled early on in March. We were one of the first large uh, meetings in America to cancel. We uh, canceled 700 exhibits, uh, 450 speakers, most of them high authorities, 15 conferences on different subjects, an amazing film festival and virtual reality and XR festival, a hackathon where kids around the world, again, solved uh, environmental problems digitally. Uh, our investment forum with venture capitalists and startups come and get funded. All those things we canceled, uh, it pivoted quickly in six weeks to take about half of those conferences online, ocean conference, uh, energy conference, and so forth, had about 600,000 viewers, and realized as we watched that, because it took about a week to see all that, that regardless of what happens with actual events in the future, and we will return to normal, and it will be mainly the old normal and some new normal, regardless of what happens, we will be online and there's our most effective way to reach the greatest number of people with the most information internationally. We call it EarthX TV, its website and social media at this time. And I, I, I like to, to focus on EarthX TV that, like you said, that's something that really has during this time, uh, I, I guess, blown up kind of for you guys, for lack of a better word. But if you could talk about EarthX TV uh, kind of where that is and where that's headed. Well, remember I told you, the largest environmental gathering, we've had more, we've done it our style without reading the rule book. Otherwise, we might not have done it at all if we learned, realized how politically constricted people are and politically correct and what can't be talked about, like population, for instance. We realized that our greatest asset were speakers Hey, if it's a film, they're talking. If it's a conference, they're talking. If it's a public stage, we even have a soapbox outside of Fair Park where people can see whatever they damn well please. Uh, the greatest asset was speakers. So, again, the greatest reach would be the world. It's just turned out great. We, Because everybody was doing these Zooms because of COVID and, and still are, we were able to get in the TV business, if you will, without great costs because of a lot of Zoom conferences and Zoom panels and speakers. Uh, so we've, we're humming along with 50 hours of programming a week. And I believe right now we're upwards of 1.5 million viewers a week. I, I promise you, we've yet begun to fight because we haven't really called on all of our exhibitors and speakers and conferees from around the country and the world to rally to this yet we've just kind of got our feet wet so there's a huge future out there and i want to say there's nobody else doing this but this is one of the most important things in the world which i believe why aren't there several tv stations addressing this and radio and so forth there's not a single major media source with significant environmental news so we'll be it, I hope. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're visiting with EarthX founder, Trammell S. Crow. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Stick with us. 
Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, Earth Day 2021 is upon us. And of course, we are joined today by Trammell S. Crow, the founder of EarthX. Trammell, tell us, you know, April 16th through April 25th is uh, EarthX 2021. Earth Day, of course, the 22nd. But tell us what you're excited about for this year's uh, event. Yeah, thank you. Tons excited about this this reincarnation that we've had as EarthX TV. Uh, we'll have the 50 hours of programming, different subjects addressed. We'll have uh, the Biden administration, John Kerry, two-day presentation of international climate matters. Uh, the, and incidentally, the politicians in D.C. have really been glad to join us physically here or on program because they want a voice of reason uh, as opposed to spinning all the time. But the main thing are the pilot programs. We're trying to act like real media people and got about seven uh, shows that will debut that have a high production uh, value and we hope to have sponsored just like on regular TV. So we have ongoing series, Latin America, that will be sponsored. Uh, uh, athletic activism, uh, where athletes go out in nature and talk about the natural problems that they uh, confront, like in skiing and all the, the lack of snow uh so six different seven different programs will come out that will be not just podcasts not just talking heads however smart they are but real entertaining shows tremble um can you talk to us about e-capital tell us what that is and and also the role that earthx is playing in in that realm yeah thank you uh you know the the e-capital summit deals with startups and environment and it's, it's mainly been uh, high-tech startups but it doesn't have to be uh, the seed capital angel investing series a series b series c of startups with high risk venture capitalists know how to make those investments spread them out and with diversification moderate their risks and make money like you would in ordinary business. This movement to investing in clean tech, ocean tech, property tech, uh, renewable energy is uh, a whole part of a huge trend in the world, more in Europe than in America, but on the East Coast and the West Coast, the venture capitalists, the investment bankers are doing good and doing well they're doing well financially and they're doing social good with impact investing so we've had uh last time 90 venture capital organizations from coast to coast mainly not from texas but also texas and then about 90 startups they're all hunting for a quarter million or more dollars for their first phase and they're still uh, uh, months or years from commercialization and, and uh, building a company at scale, but uh, things to take care of the problems we have. 
desalination, um, uh, uh, nuclear that had, didn't have as many problems or different types of renewable energy, waste to energy, uh, and how to uh, uh, solve the landfill problems and ag tech. That's the hot one right now. Man, it's it's also exciting to me. You know, um, I loved hearing during the break you were sharing about some of the uh, eye opening conversations and, and introductions. People have said, you know, oh, you you know, this is this has really changed my my outlook on life. I'd imagine you've had some some tough conversations, especially when it comes to climate change. How do you approach these uh, conversations, especially with people that say, oh, climate change doesn't exist? How do you approach those people and and, and you know, look to affect change in their in their minds on this issue. Well, uh, we we we're a platform for others. So, for the first few years of having Earth Day Dallas in our literature, we did not even print climate change because of the the uh, the, the attitudes in Dallas. But all of the exhibitors and speakers, uh, uh, or you know, most. Uh, or, or either warmists or, uh, you know, extremists or lukewarmists of some kind or other. Uh, but we're a platform and we let the others speak to it. But to really answer your question, we uh, we present all sides. You know, there's your side, my side, and the truth. Uh, and that's not done in most environmental uh, conferences. They say the science is already in. Personally, I'm a warmist. You know, I believe in, in climate change. I think it's a big problem. But we uh, have had very few complaints of people saying, you had a climate denier on the stage. Well, honey, uh, he was trying to talk science the best he could. <laughs> That's great. And it's science, guys. It is science. I feel like we've been and earth eggs kind of preaching science to Republicans for the last few years. And now I feel like we're kind of preaching science to the Democrats. Well, you know, this has been a lot of great information for our listeners, but I know from visiting the website that there's a lot more information out there for folks. So, so can you direct our listeners to where they can go to find out more information about EarthX and also the, the EarthX Expo. Yes, uh, we won't be having actual events this year. Everything will be virtual except the film festival. And the EarthX Film Festival is the greatest environmental film festival in the world. Uh, it'll be going on for 10 nights, I believe. And the information's all at EarthX.org and EarthXTV.org. Well, we appreciate the time that you've given us today. We appreciate the work that you're doing, uh, and we look forward to, to spending more time with you and, and being involved. Thank you all, and I'll see you April 22, 2022. Great. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this.
Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, awesome interview. Always love hearing from Tremel uh, and appreciate him coming on to talk with us and our audience about Earth X and all that entails. Yes, and, uh, you know, for sure, a shout out to our friend Lynn McBee, who is executive director there now at EarthX, and all the folks who helped us get this set up because this was of great benefit, um, and especially as we're approaching Earth Day. So thanks again to Tremless Crow, and, um, you know, looking forward to getting involved. Yeah, speaking of uh, getting involved, I guess you're going to be getting involved in uh, getting getting your your buddy and your co-host to pay up on his on his loot his loss of the bet of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm gonna get involved in uh, some haystack burger from downstairs. <laughs> is what I'm gonna get involved in and some fries uh, at the appropriate time because um, I was I mean and I, I crafted this bet because I knew I know you well enough now after our fourth year here that the underdog was going to be too hard for you <laughs> not to take. And so to give me the clear best two teams in the country, although Baylor, you know, showed that they were clearly the best team, but um, to give me Baylor and Gonzaga was exactly what I was hoping you would do. And thank you. Yes, of course. And, you know, I found myself after our bet having to cheer for an 11 seed UCLA. <laughs> Although I like Nick Cronin, I think he's a tough coach. Uh, I was, and then, and then, of course, the the dreaded and feared Houston Cougars, who um, you know enter in 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 the conference with my beloved Mustangs. It's a uh, yeah, the conference. I mean, tie in. I figured that that wouldn't be too hard. That's yeah. It's it was fine. I um, I, I knew really at the end of the day you were taking the entire tournament against Baylor is what it ended up turning into, I think. Yes, it was. And, and let, let me just say, I have Baylor friends. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, but I was not, uh, you know, found myself. I actually found myself wearing my wife out about this because it was like, imagine why is an SMU in this position? I'm so mad. I'm so furious. And she, I think, you know, promptly tuned me out and said, oh, it's okay, honey. They're going to get there, which is you know, good of her. Which is very nice of her because, yeah. you know, that is extremely optimistic. But you are a, a gentleman of optimism. That's right. And so, you know, uh, once right. once you're able to sit back in those seats and, and, and watch it happen and unfold, you know, maybe in the next 18 years, you'll, you'll get there too. I mean, I just look, yes, thank you. <laughs> I like the, the runway. But, um, I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm – Harkening back to like 2017 when the Mustangs went, you know, 30 and five and had this, you know, gut punch of a loss in the first round. I'm like, we had four NBA players on that roster. Blah, 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 blah. We should have had Marcus Sasser, who's at Houston in the final four. We should have had all these Baylor guys. How about one or two of them? We should have had the kid from Oral Roberts who took him on a magical run. I mean, you know. At this point, Lawrence just. It sounds great when you say it. I mean, it totally sounds. Totally doable to to think that every good player from every other team in the state and nearby would have ended up on the Mustang roster. I know they should. It sounds good as they should. It sounds have. really good. You know, Sean. Um, with me, hope springs eternal. So happy spring. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, the funny thing is, I, when you say that, I, and when we even talked about this earlier, I always think because you were in Tulsa, right, for that game. Oh my gosh, I I think I fell into the aisle. <laughs> Help me up! <laughs> I was physically distraught. And that was 2017. Oh, yes. Just, I mean, it just has not quite been the same since. I don't know that that magic. I mean, like you said, I mean, those are not only players that are on NBA rosters. We're talking about contributors. Shake Milton. I mean, uh, Shimmy Ojale. You know, now uh, Sterling Brown. Sterling Brown. Houston. I mean, those teams were great, you know. Uh, anyway, you got me going. You see, you, you <laughs> that's exactly me, what I was hoping for. Thank you. Me to, you know, take the bait on everything SMU related. So, you know, oh, man. looks like you'll be winning more haystack in the future, Sean. Yep, as long as I can set it up where, the, where you take the underdog, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, hey, man, this was good. We um, are going to be joining. Uh, you guys again very soon we're back in a rhythm so thank you for listening thank you for um, bearing with us as we kind of navigated our way through recording through being in separate locations so uh, we're seeming to be back on track we'll be back with another episode very soon but we want to thank for sure Trammel S. Crow and all the good folks at EarthX uh, for helping us out for coming on and talking to us today we want to thank our owners Mary Woodleaf and Jennifer Pascal. We want to thank Samantha Matthews for helping us with our show notes. MZ Studios, Michael Zavala for all of our technical support. Of course, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us and joining in. If you would not mind, please uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with your neighbors. Whoever that you know who is in the podcast, make sure that you tell them about Deconstructing Dallas. You can find us on Twitter at Sean P. Williams, at S-H-A-W-N-P, as in Patrick Williams, at Trimble 15 or Ryan Trimble. Uh, until the next time, you will find us wherever you find your podcast. Check us out. This is Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, Deconstructing Dallas. Adios.